Yo, we are back once again. This is the Wu Tang Podcast. I am Singard Superior, and for this episode, I have my man Issa from the Young, Free, and Coupled Podcast to kick it with me on this episode and to discuss yet another dope Wu Tang album and classic. What's good with you, Issa? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. Hope everyone out there is feeling as good as I am. Thank you, thank you. I'm feeling good. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. And uh, congrats on the new baby, man. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I got um, I got three boys, and then I just had a girl, so now I can stop. You know, I think I got my kids set. <laughs> I think I can stop now. You know, I think I've done my job. Oh, <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, that and uh, you know, I guess it adds more fuel to the fire for the uh, for the podcast now, right? Oh, for real, man. Yeah, you know, it's like a. You know, we kind of, we, me and my wife on our podcast, we talk about, you know, family life, but it's not a, it's not a relationship based kind of thing. It's more how we as a couple look at life and obviously having children, it kind of changes your viewpoint on everything. So yeah, it, it does give us more fuel because we got more things to talk about and we go through more and things affect us so much more. So yeah, man, definitely. You sent me a link to one of your one of your episodes, and it revolved around music. And you were, you know, you and your wife were talking about uh, how much music has changed uh, from the '90s up until this point nowadays. And you really talk about Wu Tang and your love of Wu Tang, and you know how they had a different approach to music uh, during that time, during the peak of that time, and. For that, uh, you really you really pinpointed Iron Man um, as an album that really uh, had an impact on you when it, with its sonics, with just the delivery of the album and everything overall. So um, that's going to be what this episode is about today. So uh, if you can, uh, can you remember the time when you first listened to Iron Man? What were you doing during that time and everything like that when it came out? Well, I've got, I've got a really good story for your listeners, yeah? So um, basically... Like, I got into Wu-Tang quite late, you know. I'm just I'm just a young boy from London, you know. Music wasn't really an important thing in my life. I was running around playing football, as you guys would call it, soccer. Massive over here. Um, and when I actually first heard any rapper from Wu-Tang, it was Ghostface, okay? And I heard... What song? I think I heard All That I Got Is You. I saw it on TV. We had MTV over here, yeah? And I watched that and it was like, wow, this is a great song. I like, you know, you know, have you seen the video? He's on the piano and, you know, it looks really cool. And thinking, wow, this rapper's really talented. So I really liked it. Now, I went out, I used my pocket money and I went and bought Iron Man because I, I, I realised that's the album that song was on. And after I bought that album, I kind of just listened to it, just listened to it through quickly, just once. I didn't really properly listen to it. And, you know, I have to admit and say to you and your listeners that I actually bought the album back to the shop because my mind was kind of messed up. Like, oh, I didn't expect to hear all these other kind of songs. So I actually bought it back. Okay, and then a few weeks later... I heard Motherless Child again, but I saw the video on TV and I thought that was cool. So after that, I went back, I got that album again and I listened to it properly. Me and my slightly younger brother. 
and I fell in love with it. And basically from there, I spent all of my pocket money buying every single Wu-Tang album, every single Wu-Tang solo artist album. And I'm talking like £30. I don't know what that will be in dollars, but I'm talking £30 per album. I'll get it imported in just to add to my collection, you know, when we had CDs back then, innit? So I became a massive Wu fan after that. Oh, well, you know, it's it's so interesting hearing about, you know, uh, you, you you importing some of these albums, you know, whereas, we, you know, we had, you know, steady regular access to them. So uh, what was the process like of importing um, an album during that time? Like, how long did it usually take that you have to, like, you know, uh, fill something special out with the record store or something like that? Yeah, man, it's crazy, right? Um, I remember one time I went to, we had um, HMV. I don't know if you got that over in America, if you had it in America um so it was a massive store okay so I went there and by this time I kind of got used to having to import Wu-Tang music but I said to them you know do you have grave diggers you know the pick the sickle and the shovel and they kind of looked at me thinking what are you talking about you know they had a puzzled look on their face they went on their database and they checked and they were like um, you know, we do have it, but we're going to have to get it imported from Germany or something. And it's going to take four weeks and you have to pay like £45. And, you know, I said, yeah, that was the only way I could get it back then. This was quite a while ago. I couldn't download it then. So, you know, I waited four weeks. I paid my £45 and I got my album. And trust me, I... You do you wouldn't find a scratch on none of my Wu Tang stuff. Trust me, the amount of money that I paid for each CD, it was a really long process, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well. You know, it's it's interesting you talking about uh, you know, like the how how the singles kind of caught you from all that I got is you to motherless child, and what's also interesting too is that you know how I would say honestly, like like those two songs really define the album overall because. Ghostface during the time he was young, a young Ghostface at the age of 26, and he was going through a relatively dark period in his life. So, you know, certain things going on in the streets. Um, he had health issues. He found out he was diabetic, and of course, this is something that um that came back up again. You know, what four years ago, well, four years later, I should say, with Supreme clientele when he goes to Africa to to, uh, to seek treatment. And so during this. Um, period in Iron, you know, during Iron Man, you know, uh, Ghostface is really, you know, kind of battling these sort of personal demons with his family and then with his health, which kind of really uh, defines like the murkiness and the darkness of um, of his first album. I mean, it's it's crazy, isn't it? Can you imagine that? You know, finding out um, you've got this illness, you know, and having to think about putting an album out and he was under a lot of pressure wasn't he because it's he it was his turn with iron man it was his first goal you know at showing everyone what he could do so he had to get it right and he had this thing hanging over his head so i mean it kind of that uh, ghostface my favorite rapper you know i'm a bit biased anyway but um you know that just goes to show how much skill the guy had from an early age he was born to be ghostface killer wasn't he Mr. Dennis Coles. Yeah, man. Yeah, he was. And, you know, he, he did have a lot of pressure. You know, this is a year after the genre-defining uh, Only Built for Cuban Links, which he co-starred on. And, 
if I'm correct, this was the only Wu-Tang album in the year 1996, which some people kind of label as one, as one of the best years in hip-hop ever. And this is the only Wu-Tang album that dropped during that period. So it was just him. Yeah, but I mean, look, he pulled it out of the bag, man. I mean, only built for Cuban links. He had a, a massive effect on that album. I mean, I love that album, you know. I think him and Raekwon, obviously we know now, but me listening to that album for the first time, it's like, wow, these two are a great partnership. They really complement each other. And then obviously, when he's coming out with a solo album, people will be looking at him thinking, can he perform by himself? So that's even more pressure on him, you know? So, And I think this was even part of, you know, when RZA had his five-year plan? Because I read about that. I haven't read... Uh, what What's the name of that Wu-Tang book? I can't even remember, man. Um, uh, the Wu-Tang Manual? Yeah, I think that was it. Like I had to import that as well. I, I don't even know how much I paid for it. Probably paid way too much. But it's worth it. But um, I remember reading about the five-year plan. And I think with Iron Man, I think this was like either the last or one of the last albums being part of that five-year plan. So, you know, Rizza really had his hand in the project and it shows with the with the production. Like Rizza really I, I I love Rizza anyway. I love Rizza production. I think Rizza's the best producer ever. But that's me, you know. Yeah. And well, yeah, so yeah, the five year plan, this was toward the end. So the you know, the five year plan pretty much kinda ends with Wu Tang Forever, if you you know think about it that way. Um in ninety seven, a year later, and you know, speaking about RZA's production, I think that Iron Man is the, you know, Wu-Tang solo album that really defines um, not only RZA's, uh, you know, just general like beat making skills, but his overall production and how he uh, mixed down the album and just the sonics of it in general. So, um, you know, just if you ever read about like the Dao of War or any kind of um, article where RZA is actually talking about uh, how he, his approach to mixing down uh, Wu-Tang solo albums and, well, and just, you know, mixing down in general and how he had uh, different compressors for each and every uh, member and how he really believed in having this connection with um, each and every member's voice and having these, these presets specifically um, set to each and every um, member of the clan's voice and he argued that he thinks that he's the only person that can properly uh, mix down Ghostface's voice because, uh, I guess, compared to other albums, um, Iron Man has this kind of warmth. His his vo uh, Ghostface Killer's uh, voice has a kind of warmth to it that you don't really get as much on his other albums. His voice changes uh, throughout the years. Of course, obviously, he's aging, but in Iron Man, you kind of get this really uh, just murky kind of warmth to it close closer to maybe of a like a like a, a soul album of the 1970s or something like that yeah i mean when you were you started talking about the production i'm thinking about some of the samples that rizzo used a lot of soul samples but then he would add a lot of murkiness to the beats exactly like what you're saying i didn't even know about having different compressors for you know different mcs and wu-tang clan and stuff that thinking about it that seems like something Rizzo would do, but I never actually knew that. But to be honest, that's why I listen to your podcast, because this is where I can get that kind of information. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I can't really add much to that, man. 
Also, yeah, when it comes to these soul samples too. Now, of course, RZA he uses soul samples like crazy all throughout his career. We know it, but when it comes to to Iron Man, uh, RZA is kind of in Ghostface's wheelhouse when it comes to when it comes to the kinds of samples that he decides to uh, to use. So. We all know that RZA is, you know, he's a big fan of the stack sound, Isaac Hayes, and um, and you know, uh, the backing band uh, through Stacks Records and everything like that. But Ghostface, you know, he's he's also really interested in soul, as we all know, right? But he's more interested in kind of the Philadelphia sound. So thinking about the stylistics, the Delphonics. And of course, Teddy Pendergrass, which we kind of see throughout the album. Um, and this is something that Ghostface really talks about, you know, in interviews um, during the period where he says that these, like these beats are him, you know, these samples are him because these are the, the kinds of songs that he grew up with. And so I think like other albums, um, compared to his other solo albums, we really get to see um, Ghostface really feel at home with these beats because of the samples that RZA chooses to use. Yeah, I mean, there is definitely a theme, you know, when you, with, with I think with most Wu-Tang albums, it's made like a proper project with, you know, uh, it's got like a goal in mind for the listener. So if you really take your time, and listen to it you will find that so look at what you've just said you said there's like a theme like ghostface likes these certain kind of artists you know um from certain areas and from certain eras and you can hear that through the samples when you listen to it properly but um uh, this might be going offbeat a little bit but do you know like a couple years back when ghostface had his um he had like a little thing like a little beef with uh action bronson do you remember that <laughs> yeah right? I know where you're going with you know where i'm going right because i i watched it and ghostface has a video and he's it's like he's saying to action bronson you know you are only here because of me and i don't know why you're trying to say stuff about me but he's got like i think he's is it teddy pendergrass playing in the background what is it <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh it's teddy pendergrass <laughs> he's got teddy pen he's out it's like you know like um back in the days wwf when they'll be looking at the camera and they're like you know hulk hogan this is what i'm gonna do to you and you can't beat me that's what it was but it's mad, like he had Teddy Pendergrass in the background. Like, I think that's all. That's gangster. That's real gangster, ain't it? Yeah, it's um, and you know, like, and, and the way he did it, you know, that's that's the that's the only. I don't know. It of course, Ghostface would do, like. I, I was surprised, but I wasn't that surprised because I'm like, of course, like the same man <laughs> who used to walk around robes, and he had a fucking. Come on, I mean, he he had a big ass bird bracelet. During exactly. the Supreme Clientel era, I just wouldn't, you know. I mean, but it, it was it was really I don't know. It was it was creative, right? I mean, although you know it's really negative, um, you know, and everything like that. But his <laughs> approach to it was really creative, and this is something about Ghostface in general, right? Like he, I would say he's one of the most consistent rappers, you know, in hip hop or has been, and uh, you know, he he finds a way to reinvent himself. He has now, right? Because now to the point that he's using, you know, just actual backing uh, bands to kind of cre recreate these different soul sounds that, that he wants. And also, you know, even in his, in his own kind of style production, he just raps over actual soul songs. Yeah. If you think about Pretty Tony or um, 
uh, his rendition of In the Rain uh, from the uh, the Canadian version of Supreme Clientel. So yeah, yeah, man. Uh, but the the thing is, a lot of these songs that you can't even the, the, a lot of them they're not even on actual albums. You have to kind of go on YouTube and because he couldn't clear the sample with quite a few of them, which is a shame because it's really really good quality music. Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, I, I think that you know that that that's the that's the beauty of the '90s, and that you know they didn't really have as many restrictions, um, you know, when it came to sampling and everything like that as they do now. Which you know, of course, which is why you know RZA, you know, and uh, during his the Wu Tang Forever era, he kind of switches the style up because people were copying, but also because of you know just the issues with sampling that were beginning to uh, come up with various producers and everything like that. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, people are gonna copy in it when people see something working. You know. Yeah. Now you 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 get you get um. What's that skit on um? Uh, only book for Cuban links. I think it's Shark Biters or something like that. And goes for it's just, you know. Ah, oh, people copying us and do your own thing. And you know, it's true. It's true, isn't it? They had to put it as a skit on the album to tell everyone. But that's kind of what you have to do when you're being copied so much. So let's uh, delve a bit deeper, uh, deeper into this uh, into this album Iron Man and talk about some of our favorite songs. So, uh, wh- what's one what's one of the favorite songs off this album for you that sticks out to you? Um, well, one of the my favorite songs. I'm gonna go like, you know, Black Jesus. I know it's not even at the beginning, but I I always go to that song. It's got the talking at the beginning. I think it's Papa Wu. He's a Papa Wu doing his talk. You know, when I first heard that, I'm thinking, you know, okay, this guy talking a bit of sense, but where's this leading to? And then you just get the sample come in, like some sort of like choir or something. You just, you know, it's building up and then it's got like kind of a simple beat. And then you, God, kills that verse. I love you, God's um, verse on, on that song. Um, but that's kind of a theme in this album, isn't it? I mean, Ghostface kind of has a lot of artists featuring and there's not even that many tracks where he's just him on the track by himself. He kind of, he, he lends it out to other members of the clan quite heavily. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, yeah, I would say out of uh, all of the, the first wave of Wu solo albums, I think this is, this is the most, this is the one that has the most family participation i think out of um the entire nine i think what i think two are probably missing i think jizza isn't on it and um i can't think of the other person right now but but yeah that's true and you know even um and this is something that that ghostface did say he did say that you know because of like his dark period and you know certain things that he was going through uh you know he just couldn't you know in certain parts he just couldn't really you know do things with certain beats which is uh, how you have assassination day Mm. Uh, which is on the first half of the album, which this is like one of my favorite songs, Assassination Day, and it doesn't have Ghostface on it at all. Yeah, it's mad, <laughs> isn't it? I mean, I remember when I first found out, and I, you know, I, I think I was on a forum or something, and someone m- made a comment like, oh, Ghostface isn't even on that song, you know, and I was like, what? And then I went through and listened to it, and it was like, oh, yeah, because when I kind of listened to this album, I actually tend to listen to this album like all the way through. I don't normally just pick one song. I kind of would listen to like half the album. I find it hard to put it down. 
But um, yeah, man, I mean, he lets other members of the clan take charge throughout certain bits. But because everyone in Wu-Tang, even though there's what is it, nine members, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Such a massive group. But every single person can come with hard lyrics. Yeah, like uh, like Capadonna on uh, Winter Wars, which is pretty much his song, if you think about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you ain't got nothing on the rich. Every other day, my whole dress code switch. Like, when I heard that, I was thinking, that sounds heavy. You know, even me, you know, a young boy from London, every other day, my whole dress code switch. So every every other day, you're coming out looking different but you're still looking good that's what i you know i remember thinking yeah i want to be like that when i'm older <laughs> yeah yeah i mean you know and I, even even uh caps uh verse on i think it's iron maiden like i i think he took that song too um you know it seems to me that he it seems like Cabadonna he had he felt like he had something to prove on uh on iron man as well and you know i think that you know we finally kind of see what he was trying to do um on uh on uh on his first album the pillage but you know i do think that some of some of cabadonna's like best rhyme schemes and best like lines are on iron man too yeah yeah cabadonna delivers on this album man another great mc him and ghostface have a really good partnership like when they team up on tracks like they they, they don't disappoint man they don't disappoint at all. Yeah, now, uh, now this is something, you know, when I was listening to uh, the episode that you sent me and everything like that, and uh, the, disc- the uh, discussion with your wife uh, regarding music today, and uh, I was, I'm curious to know uh, what you think about the second track, uh, and I think one of the, sa- the standout tracks on the album, because it's just so blatant, um, and that is Wildflower. What do you think of, um, of that song? You know what, right? This is one of the most explicit songs, like, I've probably ever heard, yeah? But the way that Ghostface delivers it, like, you can't take it from him, man. I mean, I don't, I I can't really play this kind of music around my children. And that song, I wouldn't really, like, play it to my wife. Like, if we're sitting down, you know, kids have gone to bed... We got some time alone. I'm not going to be like, yeah, babe, you know, let's put some music on. And but by the way, everyone out there listening, I turned my wife into a Wu-Tang fan. She's got Wu-Tang 90, you know, she knows all about Wu. She loves Ghostface. But that that song is mad. But like lyrically, I like his use, the way he plays with words and stuff. But um, whoever he's dissing on that track, he does not like that woman. That woman done something bad to him, okay? And every man has probably felt that way in their life. Because only women can make you feel like that, is it? I mean, I mean that, sh- that actually shows that he doesn't mind, you know, pouring his heart. Not that he's pouring... When people normally say, oh, pouring their heart out, they normally say it in a way like, oh, being emotional and being all lovey-dovey. But sometimes pouring your heart out can mean you're just dissing someone. You're pouring your heart out. That's how you feel about them. So that's what he's doing there, man. Wildflower. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and you know, this is like, you know, the the first, you know, like, well, one of the first, um, you know, I guess Ghostface solo songs where he just, you know, that's a part of like this, like this long string of, 
these relationship breakup songs <laughs> yeah. that that Ghostface is known for. That you know, I'm always I always looking forward, you know, to, to listening to. You know, you can <laughs> you can you can go to Wildflower, you can go to Camay, you can go to um, Child's Play on Supreme Clientele, which I think is it's you know that song off of Supreme Clientele. It's one of the most uh, realist, uh, disturbing, truthful yet creative songs i think i've ever heard and how he pretty much talks about relationship from his childhood yeah i mean um that is one of my favorite songs child play i love that song i love supreme clientele i think supreme clientele is where he came into his own he he had freedom now, you know, all right, I did well on Iron Man. I know what I have to do on my next album. And I think that's what Supreme Clientele was. I know we're not talking about that, but I do love that album. That's probably my favorite Ghostface album. Um, but Iron Man still holds something there to me. But that song, Child's Play, you know, that when you hear that song, you have to just sit back and think. It makes you, it makes you think about when you were young. Some of the things he says, he's just being real. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, because uh, I mean, a lot of the things he talks about is, is really true, and just like how, like the, it's like the way that he, like the way that he talks about certain things that like describes like the innocence of children, but yet how you know, just like the the, the I guess the complexities of of uh, you know relationships that children do have when they're younger, and you know how he got mad, so he broke the girl's chico sticks and shit like that, which is, which is like. Just like the like, just the imagery that he used in that song to describe the innocence of like of him and this girl that he did like when he was younger. It's just really dope. Yeah, it's really dope, isn't it? And like me, like you, I still don't know what Chico sticks are. I don't know what they look like. I I I can guess that there's some sort of a sweet or you guys call it candy, candy, isn't it? Yeah. We we call it sweets in London. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it it's like a. I haven't seen Chico Sticks in years, but whenever I listen to that song, I'm like, damn, I could go for a Chico Stick. It's like a, um, it or it, it's like it's like a hard candy, and it's kind of like wrapped. It's kind of like and it's kind of like in the shape of a cylinder, and so you like maybe about two or three inches long, and so you can just like bite on it, and it's like a crunchy kind of caramelly kind of cookie of sorts. Wow, yeah, you know, but you know that I I wouldn't I didn't know. Do you, do you get what do you get what I'm coming at? Like, I didn't even know what these things are, but just listening to it, as years go by and I get older, not just talking about the Chico sticks bit, but loads of stuff that goes face and a lot of Wu Tang Khan said, I don't prop, I didn't properly know what they were until I got older. I start living life, then the internet comes about and you saying, oh, you know, I've heard that. You know, when he talks about buck fifty, I'm thinking. Buck fifty. What's he? Do you, do you get what I'm saying? I, 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 we don't use that kind of slang, but Ghostface kind of introduced me to a lot of like the American slang and stuff like that. I'm grateful for it. You, you should never say no to learning something, innit? Now you have to learn, man. When you when you're presented with information, you have to take it in and use it to benefit your life. Now Ghostface uses a lot of slang and a lot of like you know, very vivid language, and um, it's great, it's great, man. Yeah, and you, you know, uh, 
Supreme clientele and Iron Man, they're you know they're they're similar in certain ways, but of course different. Since you know, I would I would probably argue that maybe Ghostface was maybe in a more of a darker place doing Supreme clientele. But what's interesting is that um, Iron he was thinking about calling Iron Man Supreme clientele originally. Oh really? Was he? Yeah, yeah, but RZA talked him out of it and and, and talked him into t- calling Iron Man because, you know, because of his his nickname as Tony Starks. But then he said that even if he would have called it, you know, Supreme Clientele, Supreme Clientele would have been called Iron Man anyway. Okay, so. can you imagine that? If he just flipped it and we never knew, you know, yeah. we wouldn't know any better. Um, Channel 10. <laughs> hey, I hope you're enjoying the episode. Since you got this far, I wanted to let you know about my other show, the Channel 10 Podcast. On Channel 10, I have intelligent discussion on hip-hop culture and current social issues with guests from the hip-hop world and beyond. Expect to find intriguing interviews with hip-hop pioneer Schooly D, New York Times bestselling author D. Watkins, and civil rights activist DeRay McKesson. Find Channel 10 on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Now back to the show. Going back to Wildflower real quick, um, this is also something like the, and you know, of course, you know, obviously uh, RZA understood like the the aggressiveness of this song, and I'm pretty sure maybe he talked about he talked to Ghostface about whatever issue this song is really about specifically, and you can kind of tell that this is this is like really the only song of, the, of this album where like the drums are in your face and Ghostface's voice is like really over top of the beat. And, you know, you have the echo, it's really, it's really just kind of eerie and dark. And, um, you know, this is something that, that you don't really normally hear of, um, of a RZA song, I would argue, at least during this period, because, you know, RZA drums, they aren't, you know, they aren't the, they, they aren't the most hard-hitting drums in the world. It's more about RZA's patterns and, like, the kind of quirkiness of his drum patterns and beats and, um, overall, but... This is more or less a song where he really puts things up in the front for the person to really feel. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's like the beat really is really in the background. And like like what you just explained it perfectly, man. Um, if, Even the way like when Ghostface and I said, chill, you know, it's like he's talking to you, isn't it? It's, 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 it's like you're sitting across the table from him. By the way, you like... If you listen to the song, you know what he did to the woman on the table. What did he? What was it? A three-legged table or something? He, he's talking madness, man. Um, and it's like he's talking to you. Like this is what I did to the girl. And you remember when I, when remember when I done this and I broke your ovary? And I mean, when I first heard it, I'm thinking he's going in. But like I said, we've all felt, you know, we've all felt certain way like that. Only women can make us feel like that, innit? And Ghostface just put it in a song on his album on the second track, you know, to let whoever's listening know, you know, I'm going to be real with you guys. There's no lying here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, you know, and I think, that, you know, th- th- this is kind of, this is like Wildflower is like one of Ghostface's like soul tracks, I, w- I would argue, you know, he's just kind of like crying, just, you know, pouring, like just pouring everything he has over the- this track. I'm pretty sure he's probably tired of shit when he got finished doing these <laughs> verses. Um and this is also a a song. Well, if uh, if you if anyone remembers um, uh, the episode on Bobby Digital and Stereo with with Ty Smith, and I talked about domestic violence, uh, yet another um, kind of blatant song regarding relationships uh, on RZA's first album. 
and I talked about how I used to uh, I used to like blast that blast that song when I was younger in middle school to my mother and just to like to piss her off. And then when I yeah. went into Iron Man, I would I would switch between Wildflower and Domestic Violence just to piss my mother off. <laughs> I just blasted in my room and she's like, "What the fuck is that?" You know. So yeah, I have good memories of you know uh, making my mother miserable. <laughs> but uh um but yeah so uh, uh what are your what are some other uh favorite songs that uh, you like off this album um all right to to be completely honest with you i like every song but um there's <laughs> i I've just been honest i love this album i love ghostface yeah i got i got my wife into it too um but fish okay now the difference with fish is that it wasn't produced by results produced by true master um i love the beat I think the beat is it's heavy. It's a wicked beat. It kind of like rolls along. Um, uh, I, I, the song's just great. I, I remember one time I was in the car with my uncle, and um, he wasn't. He didn't know about Wu Tang or anything like that. And I used to carry around my CD, my, my CD Walkman, my big old CD thing, and you can feel the CD spinning inside and. You know, I think you couldn't rewind. You could only go back to the beginning. It was mad back in the day. It's not like stuff we have now, innit? I'm, I'm, I'm not even that old. But um, we were in his car and he was like, I'm sitting in the back. I'm just a young kid. I've got my headphones in. I'm not even like talking to my uncle. And he's like, what are you listening to, man? You're not even talking to your uncle. And I was like, yeah, I'm listening to this album. It's called Iron Man by um, Ghostface Killer. And he was like, hey, that sounds like a wicked name. He put it in. I said, yeah, put it on a song called Fish. Beat comes on. My uncle's loving the song. We're driving down the road. Uh, it's, it's a good memory. And um, like it, it always makes me laugh because you know the way that they start it? It's like, we eat fish, tossed salads, and make rap ballads. Now, I've never... I've wondered if that's a double entendre. He's like eating fish, tossing salads. You know, is it just me? Do I just have a dirty mind or... Um, I am pretty sure it's not you. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I've always, I've always thought about that, but I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's supposed to be a double entendre. If you, even if you think about things like Wildflower and just the wittiness of Ray and Ghost, anyway. So yeah, but um, I, I love that, I love that song, man. And like listening to it, there's no difference in the quality of the beat. You know, sometimes the way artists make music nowadays, it's like you can kind of tell when they've got different producers all over the place or if they've got one track by a different producer you can kind of tell but true master who is a great producer as well he 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 kept the the level of quality up didn't he on that song fish he did a good job yeah i mean yeah he did and um you know i think with that beat those uh, those horns um that's that's the signature true master sound that i think we you know we got we got to hear a bit more of wu-tang forever and especially with uh capadonna's uh album and for me i think another another track that i always i always forget that's on there that I, that I like quite a bit is uh is i think the one that comes after fish and that's uh cam a it's like such like a it's it's just like a warm lush um sounding track and it's like really laid back especially for uh, a wu-tang for the first wave of wu-tang solo albums and i think that 
that's a, that's a good thing about this album that it has it has balance and that there are certain songs that you could just put on for maybe your older uncle or whoever it could <laughs> yeah. be and they could you know they may not necessarily say this, this is the best song in the world but like oh I kind of like this I can I can I can ride along with this or something yeah like that. it is because it's like they're kind of like it's like they're being gangster but they're they're wooing they they like they're like wooing ladies isn't it. They're saying, oh, you know, I love the way you look. And they're being really witty. And they're saying things like, is this a song where they're like, I hope she read cocks like a gypsy or something like that. This is the one. Okay, yeah. And it's got that lovely beat like in the background, like a kind of like jazz. It's got like the, um, it's, 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 that's a smooth beat, man. That's a smooth beat. You know, they can do everything in it. You know, that's why... Um, even like even my my wife now, she loves R and B. She loves nineties R and B. Yeah, that's her thing. Joel Desi, you know that old Mary J Blige and Montel Jordan. You know you know that kind of music. Like even I like that kind of music to a certain point. When she listens to like Iron Man, um, and even a lot of Ghostface songs, she she can vibe along to the beat. And because Ghostface, he's got that tone of voice and he's very passionate like she can get into it you know you can kind of even some, someone who appreciates r&b can appreciate ghostface and the reason why is because ghostface loves r&b whether it's old school or you know 90s r&b or amy winehouse or whatever do you, do you get what i'm trying to say yeah it yeah. motown stuff you know he loves that kind of thing and it's kind of interspersed all over his music. So this is just, you know, Kame is another, um, another example of this. I think there's a music video for this, isn't there? I think I've, I think I've seen a music video of this and it's got like women, like all blushing and all that, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, um, uh, uh, I had, I mean, yeah, you know, he's just a soulful dude, dude in person too. I, I had the chance to see him when, um, this was around fish scale, so I was I was pretty young. Um, I, I had the chance to see him in person, and you know to get to see him, you know, perform. Uh, I don't think he didn't perform Wildflower. He performed uh, Child's Play. Actually, he performed pretty much almost damn near every song for Supreme Clan. So he didn't really touch Iron Man that much. Um, I wonder why that that was, but um, but yeah, he's just a soulful dude, dude in person. You know how he you know the screams on the mic in person, and looks like he's almost about to cry and shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You know, do you know what's funny, bro? <laughs> um, I saw him around the time when he bought out Fiskeld in London. He came to London, and that's the very first time that I saw um Ghostface Killer live. Went down there with my older brother who loves Wu Tang because he loves like Kung Fu and me too. Like probably my favorite genre of movies are these martial arts movies i'm trying to get my kids into them because i just think they're cool innit? i just want someone to watch them with because my wife ain't into it <laughs> but um yeah yeah i saw him live and he's really good live really really great performer man and he's always talking about the lights like yeah man i'm gonna have this slow song come on so you up there with the lights put blue I remember it was cussing the guy on lights put the blue lights on you know and everyone was like yeah man put the blue lights on uh, it, was a, it was a great performance. Do you have any uh, any more final thoughts on Iron Man before we uh, wrap this up? Um, just, you know, Poisonous Starts. We were just talking about um, the, the Kung Fu samples, innit? 
So that one's got the mystery of chess boxing sample in it. And I remember when I heard that, I was like, that, that sounds heavy. What, like, what, what martial arts film is that? So I've done my research. Obviously, the mystery of chess boxing, that's a, anyone who knows like Kung Fu, I know Kung Fu movies a bit, yeah. That's a really, really good um, Kung Fu movie, yeah. And, Obviously, I like the song, but like hearing that sample at the beginning, then the way the beat comes in, it made me go and find out what um, what what film that was from. That made me go and check that film. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, man, Wu Tang helped me get into a bit of the kung fu movies as well. You know, they really they're talented guys. So the way that they put the samples in, even like the samples from um. You know that you know what the song where they're like, oh, there's no coke. What do you mean there's no coke? I looked in every room. Da da da. There's no coke. That's from um, Usual Suspects. That's a classic film. Like I heard that, I went to check the film out, and I was like, this is a really good film. So you know what Wu Tang kind of did for me, and obviously it all started from Iron Man. They kind of opened my mind to a lot of stuff. You know, they made me get into Motown music. I love Motown music. And the only reason why is because of Wu-Tang. And that's the kind of music that I can play around my kids. Because I'm, I'm I work, you know, but I've got the kids. I've got my family. I'm really like a family-orientated guy. And because of Wu-Tang, I can play them a lot of the Motown music, you know. And uh, we can really enjoy that. That's really good wholesome music, isn't it? Even with Rizza, Ghostface, all of them use that. So, yeah, man, that's me. That's my This is my introduction to Wu Tang, and this is what they've done for my life. That's you know that, that's really beautiful, man. And you know we we gotta I gotta have you back on here to uh, discuss another uh, Ghostface album sometime in the in the near future and everything like that. Hey, man. man, listen, man, don't don't say that and don't invite me back. You know, you know I love this podcast, so it's all right. I'll 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 just wait quietly. We'll see what happens in it. Let's see if the people like me or not. <laughs> Uh, where can uh, people find you on social media and your podcast? Where can they subscribe and everything like that? Um, okay, so if you want some nice conversation like what you get with this podcast, um, you know, my podcast is called Young, Free and Coupled. I'm in my early 30s. I'm married. I'm from London. I've got four kids. I'm trying to like not be an employee. So I moan about that quite a bit. I'm trying to just do go for my passion in life, you know. Um, and I'm trying to make better for my family. So me and my wife, we sit down. Our day is really busy, but we sit down and we have conversations about loads of social issues all over the world. And we kind of bring the listener in. Um, you can find us, iTunes, anywhere you can find podcasts, youngfreeandcouple.com. And on social media, it's young, the number three, and then the word coupled. So Twitter, Facebook, whatever. Check us out if you like us, you know, give me a shout out. I always get back to people. This has been another edition of the Wu-Tang Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wu-Tang Podcast, Wu-Tang Podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher. Uh, rate and subscribe us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you get your podcasts, we will be there. So with all that, we are out. Peace.